My goodness, it's, I'm just so glad to be back with you. I have missed you. I, uh, God has been working. <laughs> God has been working. You know, for the past several months, I've felt deep in my bones just this soul connection with God. And God has been calling me to, to really spend more time with him. I have this concentrated time in the morning, and that just wasn't enough because the Holy Spirit has given me a hunger and a passion for more. You know, way back, I think it was in July, I, I preached about a call to prayer and fasting, and I hope that some of you are still fasting with me. 24 hours of fasting once a week has been life-changing. God is moving and God is speaking. And there are several things that I've experienced. And I don't think that I would have been able to hear God as clearly if I had not decided to be obedient and answer his call to fast. Oh, let me see what I need to say here. During the time of fasting, God has allowed a lot of things to surface. I've been convicted God is purging me and cleansing me of some attitudes, convicting me of my sins, and he's calling me to trust in a much deeper way than I have ever dared before. It's a matter of releasing control, and because of that, I am experiencing an incredible communion, a deeper communion with God, and I have a sense that he will continue to reveal his desire for my life, step by step, moment by moment, one day at a time. This trust and obedience doesn't come naturally for me. I don't know many people for which it does, but it is something that when we choose to slow down, when we choose to, to make God our number one priority, God blesses us, God is faithful, and God continues to reveal himself to us. So I want to take you back to, to a portion of scripture that, that God has been allowing me to meditate on for several weeks now. Go back to the Old Testament Exodus 16, and I'm going to share with you from the Amplified Version. For some of you, this will be a familiar passage to you. This is about the Israelites. They had left their slavery in Egypt, and they were in the wilderness. They were in the desert. The Israelites set out from Elam, and all the congregation of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they had left the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of Israelites grew discontented and murmured, and they rebelled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the Israelites said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and ate bread until we were full. For you have brought us out here into this wilderness to kill the entire assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will cause bread to rain down from heaven for you. The people shall go out, gather a day's portion every day, so that I may test them to determine whether or not they will walk obediently in my instruction. 
It shall be that on the sixth day they'll prepare to bring in twice as much as they gather so they won't have to gather on the Sabbath. So Moses and Aaron said to all of Israel, At evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your murmurings against the Lord. Moses asked, Well, This will happen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening, in the morning, enough bread to be satisfied. He's telling the people, this is because the Lord has heard your murmurings. The Lord has heard murmurings against him. Your murmurings are not against us, Moses and Aaron said. They're against the Lord. So they say, approach the Lord because he has heard your murmurings. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, I've heard the murmurings of the Israelites. Speak to them. Say, at twilight you'll eat meat and in the morning you'll be filled with bread. You will know that I am the Lord your God. The scripture goes on to tell us that each morning a dew would fall, the dew would evaporate, and there would be these very light flaky pieces of manna. Manna means, what is it? Because they had no clue what it was. And God revealed to them, this is the bread of life that I'm giving you. This is my provision for you. And then I'll skip to verse 35. Listen to this. The Israelites ate manna for 40 years. Until they reached an inhabited land, they ate the manna until they came to the border Of the land of Canaan. That's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, my question for you today did you hear that over and over? They were murmuring. They were murmuring. They were rebelling. They were complaining. Do you have a heart murmur this morning? The whole congregation of Israel grew discontented. They murmured. They rebelled. Let me give you a little bit of background. When they were in in slavery, enslaved in Egypt, the Israelites were guaranteed food. They were guaranteed the necessities of life. Their days in slavery were predictable. I must say that I think they were comfortable in bondage. They were comfortable being enslaved because they knew what to expect. There was really no worry when they were enslaved. Do you hear where I'm going with this? But as nomads in the wilderness, when they were all by themselves in the desert, conditions were brutal. They had to work hard to survive. They didn't know what was coming next. They didn't know where their next meal was coming from. They didn't know how they were going to protect themselves from the weather. They weren't able to to find water. They didn't know if they had to kill their livestock for food. Food was scarce, and they had to figure out how to prepare it. They had to figure out what they were doing, and bottom line, they were called to fully rely on God. Do you hear the contrast? When they were enslaved, when they were in bondage, they thought, hmm, this isn't so bad. But now when God is saying, I'm going to, I gave you a way out. I got you out of Egypt. I got you away. I parted the Red Sea so that you could escape from Pharaoh's army. Now God's saying, 
I'm testing you to just see how much you trust me, to see how obedient you really are. So in the wilderness, in the desert, I would say the Israelites viewed every new problem, every new challenge, every circumstance as life-threatening. We can relate, can't we? Instead of looking back and remembering God's miracles, how God provided safety for them, instead of remembering and claiming fully, acknowledging that God provided for them, they doubted God's ability and willingness to help them. Fear and doubt took over and it blinded them to the faithfulness, to the provisions of their heavenly father. Remember, God helped them through the ten plagues. He released them from bondage. He parted the Red Sea. He guided them by a pillar of cloud in the morning, a pillar of fire at night. And still, they were overcome with fear and doubt. So then, Moses and Aaron got the brunt of it. The Israelites complained to those men who were their leaders. They complained, they rebelled. Hey, you know, we thought we had it bad when we were enslaved. But let's go back there because we don't trust you here. We don't trust our God. We don't trust you as leaders. And we're probably going to die in the wilderness. They murmured. They complained. They rebelled. The Israelites had a heart murmur. I believe that in that time, in that season, they were allowing present circumstances to blind them to God's promises, to blind them to God's provision. Fear and doubt made them have some sort of an amnesia. They could not remember, or they chose not to remember, what God had done for them in miraculous ways. Instead, they were focusing on their circumstances. So, where are you? Where am I with that? Are you focusing on your circumstances or how you're weak or maybe this season of your life is not going the way you planned? Are you forgetting God's faithful provision? Are you taking God's daily manna for granted? More than ever before, I believe that God is asking you and asking me to go to a deeper, deeper level, trusting him with our whole heart. I think I saw Brooke, didn't I? There you are. Come on up, Brooke. Brooke Barksdale, our children's minister, has quite a testimony. God's been working in her life as well, and she's going to share a bit of uh, her faith and trust in God. You talk about like fears, so like this is it right here, this microphone. But then she said, yes, but combine that with your enthusiasm to tell of God's faithfulness. And so, of course, telling God's faithfulness always wins out over the fear of a microphone. Um, But thank you for letting me be here. Um, So last Sunday, I had a little incident with the bus. Some of you heard about that. Um, If you didn't, I'll catch you up to speed really quickly. Um, I was away with our third, fourth, and fifth graders Uh, up to a retreat at Camp Glisten. Um, And it had been a fabulous weekend of just spiritual growth and bonding. And we left worship that Sunday morning and we're headed home. Where are we going to stop for lunch? And we're just on the most northern part of um, Georgia 400. And 
the back right tire of the little bus blew out. And I kind of knew instantly what was going on, and we were in the left-hand lane, so we try to pull it to the left, and that immediately just fishtailed it back around, and we're swerving and fishtailing, and we ultimately skid about 50 yards or so down 400 before coming to a stop. Um, I truly, 100%, without any doubt, know it was the hand of God that kept it from tipping over. It should have rolled. It should have flipped. Uh, The firefighters that, um, by no coincidence, they didn't just happen to be anywhere. God knew what I needed before I needed it, uh, that were coming up the northbound as we're heading southbound, saw the entire thing happen, immediately pulled over, um, put on their vests, came out. Um, I finally was able to stop shaking enough to roll the window down. And uh, his first thought was, that was some crazy NASCAR driving there. Um, He said, I don't know how you kept control. And I said, I didn't keep control. That was the hand of God. Um, And one thing after another from that afternoon just continued to show God's faithfulness and provision and protection. Um, And not just in a little way, but in a huge, big, over-the-top way that our God so often does. Um, And so with so much just gratitude in my heart over these 12 precious children, not one of them was injured, Um, not one other car behind us hit each other or ran off the road. Um, And the firefighters say, this doesn't happen on Georgia 400. Like, people just don't pay attention, you know? Somebody should have hit somebody, um, and none of that happened. And we were overflowing with gratitude, and and it felt, um, I told Joanne, it felt ungracious to not go deeper with my trust of God. Um, because the backstory to all of this leading up to last weekend was driving this bus was my worst fear of the weekend. Um, and I have a good driving record, so I'm not a terrible driver. Don't listen to my husband. I'm really good. But, but driving this bus, when I have 12 precious angels that belong to someone else and two amazing chaperones, um, I don't take that responsibility lightly. Um, And I knew that the bus had had some tire issues, and I just was like, okay, and jokingly, like, guys, don't forget, pray, pray over that bus. And um, and going up was fine and and coming back. But when it happened and after I had time to really process, God's voice was so audible. I brought you through this worst fear. Are you going to continue to hold back? in your trust over what I'm doing. And so filled with so much gratitude, I just felt like it would be ungracious for me not to say, well, yes, God, of course, I'm going to trust you wherever you're going to take me. And, and as the adrenaline comes down and you get back to life and the week goes on, I found myself by last Wednesday, Thursday, back into this frantic, overwhelmed, I don't know how this is all going to come together. And in just a time of prayer, God started to reveal things much deeper than driving a bus. Um, that fear and that struggle with trust really comes from a deeper lying, you're not equipped, you're not enough, you're not prepared. All these lies that the enemy wants to plant in our heads. Um, and what I realized is that that fear of failure, that fear of not doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing was just limiting my trust in God. And he made it so abundantly clear that as long as I try and keep even one finger on the plans, even one finger attached to what I want or how I would work things out, I'm always going to struggle with trust because I will fail. I'm not the perfect one. My, my plans are flawed. 
He said, but if you will give 100% surrender to me, and if you will 100% be obedient to where I'm calling you, it was like an instant revelation of how easy the trust would be. I didn't have to struggle with that because I knew if I'm being obedient to him and I'm seeking his will and doing my absolute best to follow that, even in my flawed state, the trust was so much easier to have and hold on to and follow. Um, And so what I thought was a blowout with a bus and thankfulness really turned into such a deeper spiritual lesson of in every area, whether it's driving a bus, whether it's planning a new Bible study, whether it's how is my family going to survive consignment sale week, whatever it is, he is bigger than it. And he wants us to trust him in the big, huge, you're driving kids around to the little, I'm overwhelmed by today's schedule. And so that's, that's where he's taking me. And it's a work, obviously, moment to moment, trust Am I in your will? Okay. Amen. Yes. Amen. Okay. Amen. I so appreciate your vulnerability and especially your transparency. You can sit down. I don't need it. Thank you. All of us are in that same place. What are you afraid of? What circumstance has got you so wrapped up that you've taken your eyes off Jesus? You may not have had a blowout. You may have not been asked to drive a a small bus of kids. But God is asking you and God is asking me to do something. To live a certain way, to take another step of faith, to go deeper in our trust. So as the band gets ready and as we worship, I want you to be fully open to how the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to you just where your, your focus, your attention is skewed. Just like the Israelites, you and I get so caught up in, hey, this isn't the way I planned it to be. And we forget that God is faithful God makes a way. God is calling us to trust. Let's surrender in the name of Jesus. Amen.